Soccer 101. My name is Daryl Grove, and sitting across the table from me, checks the flags in an onside position. Oh boy. It's Taylor Rockwell. Hello. Hello. I appreciate you checking. I appreciate yeah. you not just assuming and getting it wrong because that can lead to problems. <laughs> so, what are we here to talk about, Taylor? We're here to talk about the offside rule. And I want to the say the offside law. The offside law or rule, whatever you want to go with. It's because, a law. Because, FIFA, FIFA laws are laws. Because we're here to destigmatize. Okay. I feel like it's one of, the, one of the things in soccer that is most used to be like, it's confusing. There's the scene in Bennett like Beckham where the dad is trying to explain using like salt shakers and ketchup yeah, yeah. and the mom just can't get it. Uh-huh. We're going to try to make more sense of it, of the offside law, what it is, why it exists, how it has evolved, and most importantly for some, how to beat it. <laughs> some people will only be listening for that part. I think right? so. So let's start with the very basics. Mm-hmm. I want to get a good, no, no salt and pepper pots. We're just going to do this uh, straight. Salt and pepper pots? At its most basic. You keep your salt and pepper in pots? I, I don't. I'm confused. Um, at its most basic, um, to be onside, the current offside law, to be onside, when the ball is played by a teammate, an attacker must have at least two opposition players between themselves and the goal. Mm-hmm. That's not the FIFA definition. That's me distilling it down. Yes. Right? So when the ball is played, the attacker must have at least two opposition players between themselves and the goal. Mm-hmm. To go one layer deeper, the goalkeeper is usually the deepest usually. player. Mm-hmm. So really, it's just one outfield player yep. must be between the player receiving the ball and the goal. Mm-hmm. So in essence, you can't be behind the opposition defence when the ball is played. That's, it's, re- it's basically that simple, right? It's basically Keep that simple. Keep your salt and pepper. There we go. I think the one of the most confusing aspects of it is the fluidity and the fact that there isn't like a painted on line. We'll yes. talk more about maybe some uh, leagues and organizations that tried the painted <laughs> on line approach and the uh, result of that. Um, but we should maybe, before we get to that, talk a little bit about some of the things that negate the offside rule or maybe yeah. like the exceptions to the rule. Before we get into exceptions. Or law. Uh, there's, there's one more basic element that I want to really lay down as a base layer. It's when the ball is played, mm-hmm. not when the ball is received. Yep. Right? So it's mm-hmm. when the passer passes the ball the forward. instant the ball is the played. The instant the ball mm-hmm. is played. There not you go. Not when it leaves the passer's foot. Not when it's on the way. Yep. Not when it's received. As soon as that ball is played, that's when the flag should theoretically go up. And that's where they freeze frame it on mm-hmm. that moment yep. on TV, and then they draw the line. Yep. Okay, a couple of exceptions. Because it is more detailed than I just made it sound. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make it basic. What are the exceptions, Taylor? Some exceptions to the offside mm-hmm. law. One, one that is not very well known, I feel like, from, from my playing experience, is you can't be offside on a goal kick. So mm-hmm. frequently I'll play against a defense where all the defenders push up to midfield, and I'll stand 20 yards behind them, and they're like, ha he's offside, what's he doing? Yeah. And I look at the AR, and the AR will give me that sort of point, like, no, you're onside, it's fine. <laughs> so you just got to hope the referees know that law. Yes, right? and then nobody <laughs> flicks it on. That would be yes. the other okay, thing. But then, yes, then it, then directly from position. a goal kick, you can't be offside. Um, Same thing directly from a th- Throw-in. Directly from a throw-in. That's going to be part of the evolution of the Mm -hmm. laws, right? That was introduced late, but that makes it interesting. So you can run behind the defense and Mm -hmm. receive a throw-in directly. Can't be offside in your own half. Nope. Can't be offside in your own half. But if 
if you do get that situation, that means the opposition defensive line is pushed up very, very... You're playing Manchester City, basically. I was going to say, if they got rid of that law, would it be Pep or Klopp that first tried to exploit it by having every single player inside the opponent's 18? The answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, maybe one that people would assume, but just worth clarifying, you cannot be offside on a corner kick. So mm-hmm. if you maybe position the ball one foot or two feet from the end line where you can with that little semicircle arc right there by the flag, you can't then have the opposition step out of the goal and yep. then be offside. One final one, you can't be offside if you are behind the ball when the ball is played. That's a big which one. I think is most useful when you're sort of when someone is dribbled in mm-hmm. behind the opposition defense, as long as you stay behind the ball and behind the player with the ball, they can then square it as long as you're behind the ball when it's played. Yeah, for, I was yeah. going to say that's the key thing. Yeah, forgive me if this is like two semantics, but it's safe to say like you can also play it laterally and you're still not offside. It's only when you play it forward to a person, right? No, well, no, because if you you could play it laterally or backwards, but if the person is gotcha. ahead of the ball, I'm outside, with you now. But then comes back to receive it. I'm with because it's when the ball is played, Taylor. Mm-hmm. You should have listened to the first minute there we of the show. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so we we think we've got the the basics down. Yeah, for so, the most part, we'll, right. get, we'll get more detailed as we go. I hope people are following along with us uh, quite yeah. easily. I mean, it certainly would be easier if we had like a way to make a podcast video <laughs> <laughs> or like have graphics to go with it. Those are called videos. Yeah. Um, okay, so here's the big question. Why is the offside law a good thing for soccer? Because I could play devil's advocate and say, why don't we just open it up? Like, why have this extra layer of regulation? Why not just make soccer end-to-end no offside? I mean, what, what, what why is it good for the game? One answer is because they tried that and it didn't really work. <laughs> but the other answer is basically because you want to, like, basically limit the amount of space people can occupy so that you're kind of incentivizing creative play. But also you don't want people just standing on top of the goalkeeper and then essentially it's just kicking the ball back and forth for 90 minutes. I, th- I think you're right that there'd be, well, in England we call it goal hanging. Mm-hmm. I believe here in the US you call it cherry picking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I think those are the two things you encourage creative play because then it's like the offside law creates a problem that you have to try and solve yeah the solution without the offside law is bang it long to the guy standing up front exactly (laughs) because if you don't have that rule then and and we've we've had this in pickup before right where there's usually no offside rule in pickup so you'll have one team that's like playing around the goal and trying to combine passes and the other team just kicks it long to the person who's standing by the goal and they Uh tap it in and it's like great this is you, fun. What do you do when you're playing pickle like that? Because in England, we sort of self-police and just I use think, the blame game. Yeah. Not the blame game, but we assign blame to the person and shame them into not goal hanging. I think it's usually that, <laughs> and then if that doesn't work, there ends up... Like, if the person still won't respond or just really doesn't care, then you have to do the whole, like, all right, well, we'll make an arc that, like, you can't be standing in here. Yeah. Or, like, you have to then create some sort of so, delineation, and that's basically where it comes from. Even in pickup, even in pickup, yeah. it eventually gets enforced because the game gets ruined. Don't be that guy. <laughs> don't, be the, don't be the guy wearing the shirt of the band you're going to go see and don't be <laughs> that person standing right next to the goal not moving at all wait what's wrong with the first one why can't you wear the shirt I don't know, it's from PCU I love that movie it's a great <laughs> quote <laughs> is it Jeremy Piven it is back when he did not have hair <laughs> okay so we've explained why um, it's worth having an offside law yeah. maybe let's get into the history of the offside law right. where does it come from and how has it changed over the years the Freemasons Tavern in London is you've the answer d- oh. <laughs> who prevents goal hanging we do <laughs> there you go <laughs> so you've done more it's research all the Freemasons it always is I have <laughs> We've, you've done the research <laughs> yeah. on this please basically can you walk me through the evolution of the offside law somewhat I can do my best yeah. uh, it starts with the like when they first codified the rules of the game uh, before the I guess- laws of the game I'm not I'm not having it laws of the <laughs> game right. so when they made the rules uh, in 1863 so this is before FIFA right so it's basically up yeah, to yeah. Uh, I think this is when they created the FA in the first place. They established some 
laws. You're welcome. Uh, one of them was the offside rule, which at that point was essentially just any attacking player could not be ahead of the ball. So Any attacking player yeah, ever. cannot be ahead of the ball ever. Yes. Uh, Can so, you imagine? So basically the only way to move the ball forward is by dribbling. You have wow. to then dribble. It incentivizes individual dribblers because that's what the game was thought to be. It's yeah. one person bringing the ball forward, everybody else supporting that. It's very much like rugby for my Yeah, and my guess is that this is part of the split between mm. rugby and soccer, rugby football and association yep. football, and this is some weird middle ground, right, yeah. when the two are a bit more closely related. Yes. Okay, so I want to stick here a second. Mm-hmm. So I want to imagine watching one of these games. You get the ball, you dribble forward, you can, what, pass maybe laterally or backwards? Yes. So just like rugby, you just mm-hmm. move up the field. Like someone advances, they go lateral. Then they advance, they go lateral. This would take forever. It really would. Because then you only really need to defend that one player. Yeah. And like And maybe the like the channels around that one player. Outside uh-huh. of that, you're pretty much good. Oh, man. Football was rubbish back in 1863. And that's why it changed very quickly. <laughs> By the late 1860s, uh, I think it was 1866, they changed the law to that. Uh, some, something more similar to what it is today, but still not what it is today, which is that a player was considered offside unless there were three players of the opposing side in front of him. So same as today, but an extra player, an extra player uh, you need to keep between yourself and the goal. And it was, uh, yes, more or less, yes, that it was was three at that point. That then did lead to more fluidity in the attacking, more goals being scored. So this means you could have one, like, almost sweeper, one Mm -hmm. very deep player, and then another player farther up the field, and Mm -hmm. the attacker has to stay, has to stay behind or in front of that second defensive In front play. of is the key. Oh, yep. no. It's yeah. so far from goal. Yep. And, and uh, I think as Jonathan Wilson for The Guardian points out, like then you could commit one of your fullbacks forward and never really worry because you've still got three back there. Yeah. So you never really get punished for committing numbers forward. But as a result, no one else can commit numbers forward. So you basically have the game played in this one oh. very like 15-yard narrow channel on yeah. either side of the half. It's oh, a sliver of the field. I read, Yeah, he used that mm-hmm. phrase. I read that Jonathan Wilson article, and he essentially argues, and I think I agree with him, so I want to mm-hmm. sort of reshare it with our listeners, that starting from 1863, there's that, that terrible offside law. Yeah. You can't be ahead of the ball. And it's just been a slow but steady liberalization of the offside law, and each change has favored the attacking team a little more. It, it, and that, it's always, I'm, I'm assuming that's going to track with everything you're about to go through. Indeed. It favors the attacking team more each time. Yes, with the specific intent of getting more goals. Because <laughs> really, like as depressing as that might be, that's what it's about, is that attendances start to dip when there's a lot of nil-nil draws. Yeah. Goals make people come back. People want to see goals. So you find ways to incentivize goals, which means incentivizing attacking, which is why, say, in 1921, uh, you basically the law has changed that now you can't be offside on a throw-in. Right. So now, because before... It's really weird to think about. Yeah, why is that important? I, I, read, yeah. I read this and thought, that's not that important. But we talked off air and you uh, basically persuaded me yeah. that this was a, a reasonably big change. Because if you imagine taking a throw in and having the entire defense just push up to where you're taking that throw in, now nobody, like can, track. nobody can be beyond that throw. So it always has to go backwards because it can't even go lateral. There's probably a person standing right there waiting for you to throw the ball <laughs> in. So you always are going backwards. So even from a situation that's designed to allow you to regain pose- uh, possession – and then use that to attack, you necessarily have to use it to go backwards. Yep. So this was 1921, mm-hmm. the Jazz Age. 
Yes. <laughs> you can't be offside yes. from a throw-in. Uh, and then That's 19- the foundation of the Jazz Age. Right? And then continuing on with the Jazz Age, <laughs> because we moved to 1925, still in the Jazz Age, uh, this is when the three-player rule is changed uh, uh, to the two-player rule, more familiar to what we have today, as yes. you described in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And again, the reason for this links to specific time like and styles of play. In the Football League in the 1924-1925 season, you had 2.51 goals per game. Uh, the next season after this rule was changed, you had 3.45. Okay. That's a 36 percent increase i did that math myself so going from three players uh to be on site to two players Mm -hmm. made that much of a difference yes and i can't tell you how long it took me to remember how to do percentage growth i'm not (laughs) proud of how much work i had to do to figure that one out please teach me after we record it's it's not that hard it's really not (laughs) i did read that Mm -hmm. newcastle were partly to blame for this because they were involved in six goalless draws at the start of the season because they'd gotten too good at using that three-man offside law and just basically running an unbeatable offside trap yeah, yeah. And, and so this rule has changed to and make this it pre-Anna harder. Shearer, so they didn't have a goal scorer. That that's always the issue. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did notice that it was like like this unthinkable thing of like a several nil nil draws in a row, and it's like I mean that that could happen nowadays, which is <laughs> kind of an issue. I'll say that. Um, but it, I mean, again, it's, it's worth reminding uh, just because percentages and numbers can not carry that much weight in the same amount of games from one season to the next. That's about a sixteen hundred goal increase in one season. So it shows you how much that. Like worked to allow more goals and did have the effect of bringing more people back into the grounds to watch the games. Okay, and then from what I understand, we mm-hmm. stick with basically basically that same sort of rule for a for a long old time until what most people would say or many people would say is one of the most boring World Cups of all time. Nineteen ninety. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So this is weird. Uh, Nineteen ninety in England yeah. is very fondly remembered mm-hmm. because England made the World Cup semi final. There you go. Right? But when you step back and look at it. It's not that much of a fun tournament. Not so much. Yeah. And, and, it, and it, again, it's it's after everybody figures out. It's how it always is with change. Takes a little bit of time. Defenses struggle with it. Goals go way up. The offside Defenses look. figure it out. Yeah, yeah. And like learn how to adjust. Learn how mm-hmm. to even utilize it as an attacking thing. Yeah. Goals go back down. Yep. So then you have to change. By can, 1990, we're back to 2.51. Can we start for a second? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing this is, because this is also the time of, say, George Graham's Arsenal. Yeah. I know I'm only having English examples here, but because it's, it's what I know best. But they have a very famous um, offside trap. Mm-hmm. So I think it's partly that teams are just getting very good at running an offside trap and catching people offside all the time. Yes. And you, essentially using the offside law as a weapon, mm-hmm. a defensive weapon, so that attackers can't get through. Yeah, and, yeah. and I, I absolutely agree. But the thing that like makes it more confusing to me at least is that you really – to go back and look at the way the offside rule has changed, you have to divorce a lot of the current reality from your understanding because this change in 1990 might not seem like that much. Which we haven't talked about yet, by the way. We haven't. But it, it is, if you think about it again, very important. And the change is simply that now tie goes to the runner. That <laughs> before this, you had to have the defender in front of you, clearly in front of you, to yeah, be yeah. onside. Between you and the goal. Now it's as long as you're level, yes. then you're onside. And that might not seem like a huge difference, but then think about how often we try to you, – you try to time runs against the defense that is kind of standing in a line. And if you're – the goal being you're at full speed when that ball is played, but you're still in an onside position. But if Daryl Grove – steps forward six inches, and now instead of him being right in front of me, he's a little bit level with me, I'm now offside. That completely changes everything because it's a yard of difference, but it's also seconds of difference and also a massive difference in the style of play. Uh, And it means if you're the um, assistant referee or at the time linesman, Mm -hmm. uh, when you're looking down the line, um, now it's uh, much harder to to make a definite offside call. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Essentially, you're giving the, the defense's favor. Yeah, yeah. You're giving the advantage to the attack instead of the defense. I want to call that the tie goes to the runner. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, it should, <laughs> and it does. Uh, and then you, there's a few more uh, we can get to now if you'd like. 
Um, there's a couple of more modern mm-hmm. uh, changes. Maybe we should take a quick ad break and get to the more modern changes because I think this is where you get into um, not so much big picture changes as little tweaks. Yeah. So we'll get to the little tweaks after an ad Which is always break. a good sign, right? If you're no longer making massive wholesale changes, it yeah. means that you're slowly figuring it out and getting <laughs> closer and closer to a thing that uh, should theoretically work. <laughs> this episode of Soccer 101 is sponsored by... Postmates, because mm-hmm. all our episodes are sponsored by Postmates so far. They are our season one sponsors. They are. We very much appreciate that. We very much appreciate that Postmates makes getting food and other items delivered to your house much more simply than, say, the offside rule might allow if it were involved. Because <laughs> then you've got to worry about, like, have they delivered it too early? Like, you don't want them kind of leaving the store before you call. Yep. It could be a whole issue. Postmates, just nice and easy. They don't have to tweak it. They've already they got it right. And that's yeah. why they can do it 365 days a year, 24 hours hours a day you can get anything you need delivered straight to you groceries food pharmacy stuff mm-hmm. those are the three things that i want i do like to think that the <laughs> var officials are like in the stadiums like 365 24 hours a day just in case something needs to be reviewed but that's me hoping that's the case with postmates you know it's the case so whenever you do need something as daryl already said you can get that thing delivered if you need sushi at 4 a.m and there's a sushi place in your city that will allow for that yeah postmates will bring it to you i would advise don't eat sushi at 4 a.m because well actually it's either very very fresh yeah. it's like mm-hmm. morning sushi <laughs> Or it's day-old sushi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anthony Bourdain. That's just, that's just some sucker one-on-one advice. Anthony Bourdain in uh, The Big Short, I think it was, uh, taught me that don't maybe go to the sushi place Sunday night. Oh. <laughs> just in case. Not fresh fish. Maybe not. Not fresh Maybe fish. not. Mm-hmm. So anything you want, Postmates can deliver it. They're the largest on-demand network in the United States and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery and convenience stores, and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. Indeed. Uh, So you can download the app for either iOS or Android for free. Uh, Browse local restaurants and businesses to see what's available. When you realize how many things are available and you decide to order, you can track (laughs) your delivery in real time. And for a limited time, Postmates has given our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for the first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app, download the Postmates app, and use the code SOCCER. (laughs) <laughs> soccer just just say siri what's the best sport in the world and then you'll know the answer use the code soccer perfect that's code soccer for 100 dollars of free delivery credit uh for your first seven days when you download the postmates app it's anything you need anytime you need it mm-hmm. postmate it download postmates and save with code soccer and I think, again, best thing of all, you don't have to worry about like when you take possession of the food. There's no sort of rule about when you're allowed to have it. As no long flags. as you pay, once it's delivered, it is yours. So we appreciate Postmates making that simple. And maybe with that in mind, we should maybe go back to something that's less simple. Let's go back to the offside rule. Two more quick uh, changes that are more... Yeah. Interpretations, right? Yeah. This is where uh, my wife, uh, who's almost done with law school, thankfully, uh, reminded me that like law is a lot of Do you philosophy. call it rule school? I do. Uh, she's in rule school. She's learning all the rules. Uh, it's, she teaches me – or she was reminding me that it's about, a lot about philosophy, that law is about how you interpret the yeah, rules. Yeah. Uh-huh. And here I would say these two changes are more in the like philosophical how do you interpret things. Okay. The 1995 one uh, was about like gaining an advantage, the language there, because previously the language was that you're offside. If you're seeking to gain an advantage, mm-hmm. they changed it to actually gaining an advantage. And seeking to gain an advantage in hindsight mm-hmm. is dumb language. Oh, yeah. Because if you're not seeking to gain an advantage, then what are you even doing? That's the point, right? But <laughs> then you get into like, but well, then is it truly seeking? Are you really actively involved in that one? And that's where we get to 2005, the final sort of tweak that I know John Jonathan Wilson is a big fan of was the actively interfering in play mm-hmm. aspect of offside, which is, uh, I guess, the like most 
recent relevant example would be Christian Pulisic uh, plays the ball forward, theoretically to Bobby Wood. Bobby Wood leaves it alone. He almost def- puts his hands in the yeah, air. Yeah. I mean, not, not, not involved. He makes it very clear, which is something that you learn to do. He makes it very clear, I'm not involved. I'm not even paying attention. I'm walking away. I didn't even know there's soccer happening right now. And everybody stops, but Pulisic runs through and gets on the end of his own pass, and yeah. then he's in on that breakaway that he probably should have scored. And worth remembering, this show, we planned for it to hang around a long time. Yeah. This was uh, USA-England in November of 2018. Yes. I don't imagine that this show Will, that game will be sort of fondly remembered. You don't know how things happen. <laughs> uh, but all, all that is to say that Bobby Wood, because he wasn't actively involved in the play and wasn't yeah. seeking to gain an advantage, he was just walking back from an offside position. He didn't involve himself, so play is allowed to continue. Yep. Before these rule changes, the flag would have gone up, play yep. is dead there, and it, again, it stops a lot of the attacking creativity. Okay, speaking of the flag going up, mm-hmm. uh, there, was, there were two recent tweaks, recent interpretations. Yeah. Um, I want to say it was 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, is when they change when the flag goes up. I want to talk about this first because it's a sure. little complicated. All right, let's talk about it. What, what's complicating it? So 2016, mm-hmm. a couple of little changes um, was instead of the assistant referee just putting their flag up as soon as the ball is played and someone is in an offside position, they now wait until the player mm-hmm. receives the ball, yep. basically. right? And I think a lot of people um, have found that frustrating because yes. you have to wait um, and maybe confusing because it almost looks as if it's when the ball is received mm-hmm. as opposed to the original thing of when the ball is played. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would agree with that. And then I would add it's also frustrating, I think, for defenses because if the if you've correctly held a line, like maybe right around midfield, mm-hmm. and then the flag isn't given or raised until they're 20 yards from your goal, yeah. even if you get that free kick, you're now taking it 30 yards further back from where you set that line. I'll do you one better and say it's scary. It adds a moment of oh, yeah. scariness because mm-hmm. you think, wait, did we have a straight? Like, Do we have someone who's accidentally sitting really deep and yeah. they're not actually offside? Mm-hmm. So it gives you like a, a sharp intake of breath for a second. Yes. So why did they do it? Sure. I think it's because uh, there have been other little subtle rule changes that I think are more open to interpretation. And so I think it's designed to slow down the decision-making process just a little bit. Because if you're the AR, and as soon as you see that player, if you put that flag in the air, maybe that player is not involved, or maybe there was actually a deflection, or it came off somebody else, or it actually came off a defender and you missed it. But if you raise the flag right away, then the referee is going to blow, Got and it. then that play is done. So I think it's meant to give a little bit more time for the decision to occur. And also, it's meant to, if I'm offside, that ball is played, and then I... Don't even move towards it, but somebody else does. If you flag yeah. me, then that play is dead. Right, because you could you could just ignore it, walk away, yeah. and maybe someone else can come through from an onside position and take the ball. Yeah, because okay. there's even a level of, like, you, then you're interpreting the game. Like, maybe Daryl Grove plays the ball. I'll, I'll switch it around for benefit, for, for safety's sake and say, maybe I play the ball to our teammate on the far side of the field. I'm trying to, but I mishit it, and I hit it in Daryl Grove's direction. I mean, but, you should have been passing to me to begin with, that's probably in, true. in my opinion. But if I'm going for the long ball switch, but I mishit it, <laughs> And you leave it, it's not necessarily the ball for you. And if the referee thinks it is, the AR thinks it is, then they're interpreting the game in their own way as opposed to like letting the play play out and Got say, it. like, oh, Daryl didn't even make a play on that ball. It went through, and actually that far-sighted attacker went through, and he was onside, so we should let this play continue. Got so it. it's about, I think, letting play go on just to make sure that it's the uh, the way it looks on on the first uh, viewing. And the other tweak was if a defender plays the ball yeah. on the way through mm-hmm. – then the player is no longer considered. It's no longer an offside offence, even if they're technically in an offside position, right? Yes. So you imagine a normal um, offside play where a midfielder plays a through ball. The attacker is behind the opposition defence. They're in an offside position, but a defender steps, tries to just kick the ball clear, slices it. It ends up mm-hmm. going behind him. 
that player is now onside and through on goal. Yes. Right? It's almost like, I don't think that the interpretation uses this rule, but it's almost like it resets the play mm-hmm. if the defender makes an honest play on it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, but that's the thing then is like what constitutes an honest play. Yeah. Because, and that, I that's think, a phrase I just used. That's not no, necessarily... No, but but I think it's kind of true. It's, it's an intentional play or yeah, you're making an intentional defensive act. But it is the case that like that this rule, I think, is one that is still interpreted different ways by different officials at various levels because I think we'll play in a game uh, TSS uh, Total Soccer Show consultant Scott Zawadzki referee consultant Scott Zawadzki <laughs> he's been on the Total Soccer Show previously he will call it a certain way I'm not sure other officials will because yeah. I think there's some hesitation there but if a defender goes up and barely flicks like like doesn't win the header clean but like just barely touches it and flicks it on to a and then it's to an opponent who's standing 30 yards offside the new rule is that that defender has made an intentional play on the ball, yeah. even if they didn't play it the way they intended. Oh, yeah. It then still allows that other player to be so what onside. If, I don't know if you know the answer to this because mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I do and I should, yeah. I should know it. Um, what if it just accidentally banks off a defender? Like, what if I am passing the ball through and I intentionally mm-hmm. just blast it at a defender's butt mm-hmm. and it bounces off of the defender's butt and yeah. goes through to someone else? I mean, I, I don't know other than to say that I think – I think I asked – we asked this question to Scott when he was on the show and I believe the answer was that that player is then onside because even though you, the defender, aren't necessarily making a play, you're involved in the play mm. and I think it could be can it could be argued that you should be aware because why is your back yeah. turned to a player with a ball? I guess it's an unrealistic um, hypothetical yeah. because why would you take the risk of trying it's to true. bounce it off someone's butt instead it's of true. just trying to play a, play a legal ball? Because, them. I mean, that that is a thing that <laughs> rules change to accommodate specific – Specific types of behavior like that. There's the rule change or just the like the adjustment of the law that uh, a, a defender can't just step off the field because that was yes. an approach that teams would take is, oh, we have two players uh, like behind the ball. Now I'm going to step off and now I'm not involved anymore. Now it's only the goalkeeper. So that player is now offside. They changed that rule. So if you step yeah. off without permission, you're still considered to be on the field. Yeah. And you, you get a yellow for stepping you off do. without permission mm-hmm. for one thing. Um, and yeah, you're almost like considered to be on the field at the at the like the point where you left right so it's like you're standing as if you're standing on the end exactly all right we've wandered into maybe a few confusing elements Mm -hmm. about side i want to i think if people are with us this far they can go to some of the confusing elements so so what are some um confused questions that you've got about offside for example like me or that i've seen both because because one key one that i have both seen and heard uh like seen written and heard asked before is like uh so if a player starts his run in onside territory when the ball is played but he receives the ball in offside territory is that allowed and the idea there is i think that still people have this idea that there is a specific territory or yeah. area of the field that is offside like you imagine like a painted area yeah. that's where you can't be and it's all fluid it's all dependent yeah. upon that back line and the numbers you have there the numbers you have between you and the attack or mm-hmm. and the goal when that ball is played yeah. so that's one thing is like you can't really look for a line until the replay when usually they will draw you a line yeah. to show you yep that's correctly given as offside or onside what about the idea of um, being active in the play? Mm-hmm. Right, that's a thing. That's a thing that I think is in the the laws about yeah. like uh, the player is. Um, uh, it's an offside defense when the player becomes active. Mm-hmm. What does that even mean? Yeah. So I mean, the eternal I th- question. There's lots. The answer is forty two. Again, there's lots of legalese. It should be. That would be simpler. <laughs> there's lots of legalese about it because it's if you are. 
touching, like if you're making a play, if you're running towards the ball or receiving the ball, then you're actively involved. Yeah, that's a good obvious one. Yeah. yeah. But it can be the case that if I'm offside and I step in front of the goalkeeper so the goalkeeper can't see the ball anymore, then I am actively involved because I am preventing the goalkeeper from having good enough vision or yes. clear vision. That's I'm a re- line of sight. That's a really good hypothetical, right? Mm-hmm. So say you, it's probably better for you because you have a better shot than me. <laughs> you're shooting from midfield and there's defenders in front of you. Yeah. Um, but I'm just like in an offside position, not mm-hmm. touching the ball, blocking the goalkeeper's view of your shot. I haven't touched the ball. I'm definitely active. I'm definitely involved in play. I'm definitely obstructing the goalkeeper's mm-hmm. view. That goal's not going to count, right? It's going to be offside called on me, free kick from where I was standing. I would agree. Yeah. Then the wrinkle comes in, and this is where I say, like, I think a lot of it comes down to the way that referees are told to interpret it uh, by whatever organizations they, they work for mm-hmm. or uh, report to. But like the word stationary is in yeah. Well, Stone cutters, yeah. the uh, the word stationary is in the laws of the game, and I and I then wonder like, but if Daryl Grove is just standing static and not moving, but he is obstructing the the view of the goalkeeper, he isn't doing that intentionally because he's standing still and trying not to be involved. Yeah. So then, are you actively involved? And I think that's where it comes down to the interpretation of the official. I think logically, a mm-hmm. good official would say, why else is he standing there yeah. other than to block the goalkeeper? Because team? also then What's it's... What's he doing? Because then it also sets up that Daryl Grove might sprint over and then stand in front of the goalie and then you're stationary. Yeah. But would the act of sprinting constitute an intentional <laughs> movement? This is, again, it gets yeah. into a lot of discretion, which Ooh. is why referees have a very thankless job. Do you have any, any more confusing elements before we move on to um, how to beat the offside track? I do. I, I have... One more, and it's a quick one, I think, but it's basically that if, if I'm an attacker, if I'm in an offside position, the ball is played to me, and before I receive the ball, before I've become actively involved, if I am then fouled, say there's an over-eager defender who comes running back and knocks me out of the way, that foul is going to be given because technically offside hasn't been called yet. So defenders, just word, word of the wise, don't go barreling into people because you think they're offside. Yeah. That penalty can still be given. Yeah, that's the chronology of decisions. Yeah, exactly. Right? And what supersedes what in terms of yep. the linear way that they happened. Right? Yes. That actually makes a lot of sense it does. to me, but I can see how you would a defender could feel like they're allowed to do that agreed <laughs> <laughs> that's like a defender um, enacting their own exacting their own justice right yeah, not yeah. letting the referee just call them offside that's, that's how it should be <laughs> that is not how it should be <laughs> that'd be the wild west of soccer um, okay how to beat an offside trap mm-hmm. um, I, I've actually forgotten a lot of them but I typed up a lot of notes because I don't do a lot of beating offside traps I'm more trying to uh, <laughs> trying to trap someone um, what is the what are some ways that really good attackers use to get around the offside law, legally, yeah, I mean, but yeah. cleverly. I mean, the, the basic one is timing of your runs and knowing, yes. and maybe with that comes either in the game, learning what their like intentions are or how they prefer to defend, but also if you're a professional, watching, watching footage and seeing, oh, this center back tends to drop a little bit deeper, so I'll start on the one center back and then run across to the one who's a little bit deeper, that will give me that yeah. space. Um, so it's, it's kind of evaluating what the defense is doing and how coordinated they are in keeping that high line or that line together at There's all. even a more basic timing of your run, which is just to start from deep. Yep. Um, you mm-hmm. can sprint full speed, build up a real head of steam, yeah. and just you rely on your teammate to play the ball at a time when you're in an, uh, in an onside position. Uh, so then by the time you break the plane of the defensive mm-hmm. line, you'll be through and the ball will be meeting you. You've broken the offside line, right? Yeah. So it's all about it's all about timing. Yeah. I've got another one for you. What's that? 
just dribble straight through. That also works. Can't be caught offside if you just dribble straight through. You See, sure can. It's the original 1860 version. It is. 1863. And, and it can also be it can also be helped <laughs> by people making those full speed runs that you talked about. But maybe they do strain to an offside position. But if you're the defense, maybe you just like get a little bit stretched or spread wide trying to make sure, oh, okay, he's offside now. I don't need yeah. to worry about it. But if you've taken two steps to the right when the person on the ball is in the middle, that's two more steps that that person can run mm-hmm. through. So even those runs can help with it. And then one that we've talked about, usually in regards to set pieces, but you can do this in regular play too, is starting in an offside position, but timing it either so that like when the defense drops as the ball is played, then you're in an onside position yeah, or I, just... I, I call it dipping onside. Yes. You just sort of, you, you're offside, you just dip yourself mm-hmm. onside for when the ball is played, but then you go back to the offside position. Yeah. The Luis Suarez slash Joseph Martinez. Uh, yeah, either That's one works. Do. Yeah, I mean, it, it's <laughs> Pete Bonzaghi is the one who will always yeah, stand yeah, out yeah. as the, uh, the man who was born offside. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but Which, he wasn't born offside, right? He made sure he was onside at the moment he was mm-hmm. born. But it's, it's just... <laughs> exactly. But it's just about finding those vulnerable defenders who maybe just aren't so confident in their positioning yeah but i also think it's it's the case that as we said this this rule has changed time and time again to incentivize attacking play to incentivize scoring goals Mm -hmm. this weekend when the best it's ever been it is and i would say this weekend when we were playing we were playing a team that's very good and i was one of our defenders and i kept finding myself cheating back a few more yards and like I think at least on two occasions breaking the offside line because I was nervous about that ball played over the top. Yeah. And if you're trying to play that high line, just that threat of a very pacey player on one side of the field can make those defenders just take those little two or three steps of safety yeah. back backwards. But that's exactly what the attack it's wants to do. It's mind games, right? It's about getting in yep. the defenders' heads and trying to persuade them to go backwards, and then you at least have moved the offside mm-hmm. line farther towards uh, more towards yeah. the goal that you're trying to get to. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, any other ways of beating beating offside? Uh, I mean, I'm sure there are like very elaborate systems that exist for doing it. But mm-hmm. yeah, the basic one is, is timing and practice and patience timing and, and, and self-belief, and I think, patience. to know. I know it is very strange if you are a forward that isn't like like that is basically just standing 15 yards behind the line of like the offside line or 10 yards or whatever. It's really strange. You feel weird and you feel this inclination to like, oh, I need to walk back and make yeah, sure yeah. I can be naked, right? Yeah. And you've kind of got to back <laughs> yourself to stay there and think when the time comes. I will sprint back on side, and I will be a genius for doing so. So attackers, <laughs> or, just back yourselves. Or I'll be caught offside and we'll look silly. Or that. Yeah. One or the other. <laughs> Any other offside stuff you want to talk about? Yeah, I, I just wanted to add very quickly. There have been attempts, uh, and usually usually you have to do this, I think, by getting FIFA approval to experiment. But there have been attempts to adjust the offside rule or change it a little bit to make the law more like stringent or not as stringent. So yeah. you had, say, 1973-74 example. Oh, we're getting into failed experiments. Yeah, in the yeah. Scottish League Cup, uh, offside could only happen in the final 18 yards of the field. So they just extended the 18-yard box all the way to the end line, and then that was the only place where you could be offside. What? Or excuse me, to the sideline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was how that one worked. I bet that game got stretched. Uh, it it did not go well, and, and uh, I believe it was Jock Steen complained very much about how you can't just change the rules in the middle of the season and change everything they were doing. Um, similarly, I heard that uh, when they did the thing in what, – what was the year where they made it uh, three players instead of uh, two? That was uh, 1925. So they apparently – two they, players instead of three, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Even, yeah. Mm-hmm. They did an experiment where they did one half of a game yeah. with two players instead of three and the other half with a 40-yard line, mm-hmm. similar to what you just described in Scotland, but 40 yards instead of 18. And they watched the two halves and they thought – We'll go with the two-player thing. Do you know who else did that? No. The NASL. Yeah! 
35 yards from goal. They had a the blue line is yeah, what it yeah. was called. And was that uh, where they also took the penalties shootouts from? Yep, yeah. exactly. Uh, and I believe this was all like NASL trying to appeal to an American audience. Offside law mm-hmm. is uh, fluid and the offside line is fluid. It's too confusing. We'll have, have a blue line. just call offside? Probably pom-poms earth means you're offside. It really wouldn't surprise me if that was an approach <laughs> they chose to take. Um, so, and I, I believe that started in 1972, mid-season, mind you. They Ooh. implemented that rule. It ended in 1982. This is my favorite language ever at FIFA's request. <laughs> Um, the final one that I thought was pretty interesting, uh, it was determined because you can have like, I guess, like guinea pig leagues almost where they experiment with rule changes. The conference. Oh, still so human players. Yeah, the, the football conference. That was a weird offside rule. Yeah, they tried <laughs> that one with guinea pigs. It didn't work. In 1987, 1988, they uh, authorized FA to try a rule change. You could not be offside directly from a free kick. So any free kick, you could be... So you just crabbed the goalkeeper. Exactly what happened. So you just had everybody standing in front of the just, goal. They could have just asked me. I could have told them what would happen. They abandoned it very fast. It did not work at all. Zero, yes. <laughs> so people have tried to mess around with it, uh, ranging from yeah establishing actual lines to changing where offside can be called to changing what constitutes offside. Mm-hmm. It tends to end up being little tweaks along the way. Sometimes big tweets, but more recently little tweaks that get us to where we are, which is, I would say, fairly workable. And especially when VAR comes into play, I think Ooh. it's about as good as it can be. Yeah, because then you'll, you'll, uh, you can be onside. Maybe you, get, you won't get flagged, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, they'll give you the benefit of the doubt and they can call it back if, they, if it turns out you were offside. Correct, Amunda. Yes. Um, okay, Taylor, thank you. I've been, I weirdly enjoyed talking about offside. I did not think I would. Yeah, anytime yeah. you get to talk about rules, it's always fun, right? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Um, okay, so I hope you enjoyed listening. Um, obviously, if you're listening to Soccer 101, please feel free to scroll up and down the feed. Feed We have episodes about all kinds of different soccer things. If you've enjoyed them, please review us. Please rate us. Please hit subscribe in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or whichever app you are using to listen to our show. Do all those things. Do all those things and do one more thing. If you've never heard of our other show, which I think Taylor mentioned uh, today, the Total Soccer Show, is more of a newsy and reviews analysis type show five days a week Monday through Friday you can find that wherever you found this show alright I've been Daryl Grove I've been Taylor Rockwell we are both on side and we'll talk to you again soon 